Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and thank you for being with me. I hope you've had um, a good day, and I hope your your uh, afternoon has been good and your weekend was nice. It's nice to be back with you. I hope uh, we have a great hour with Todd Mulliken. He's here in studio with me. We're going to talk today about learning how a couple or a family, how they can move toward clarifying in intentions versus making false assumptions. And that seems to be a critical pivot point in what goes on almost every hour at his counseling office. And Todd, you can learn more about him at Todd Mulliken, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. He's a counselor in Minnesota here, but of course, with the internet and Zoom, everything, he's available for for anyone anywhere. So, uh, Todd, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Bill. This uh, sounds like something that comes up every hour in your counseling sessions. Right. Oof. Wow. Because it happens every hour in our homes. Mm-hmm. Right? Where yeah. we're... So we're going to talk about moving towards clarifying intentions versus making false assumptions. And I can't wait to start getting into this. You and I have talked about, like, communication issues with how to do conflict just better. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the first thing is having a good lead out where we're trying to speak without offending. <laughs> How does that go? Uh, not well, <laughs> especially for fire-ready aim people. Yes. Right? We're the people that are... They're going to let They're the just externally shot. processing out yeah. loud, right? And even their intention might still be okay. It's not like they're premeditated typically. They're just talking out loud. But I'm just speaking my truth right now. Right now, and... Not probably reining it in as much. Okay. But how many filters do I have to have on? Correct, right? Hey, I'm, I'm just, just trying to speak truth yes. here in Christ's love. How much Christ tap love. dancing do I have to do? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Todd's the only guest I know that brings me my latte. <laughs> brings me a latte from one of those expensive <laughs> coffee shops. So I'm in an extra good mood right now. <laughs> <laughs> I made it extra hot. Is it too no, hot? No, it's perfect. Okay. Perfect. Great. Yeah. And then... For the person in our audience that's more, uh, wait, 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 and then share, their dilemma is not as much what they say when in the moment, but rather what they're interpreting and then the false assumption they can make about their sibling, their spouse's intention in that moment. And so... You've heard me say speak without offending, and then you've heard me say listen without defending. Is the two main things that we can all do as Christ followers. We just get to do that in Jesus better. right? We get to, in our, in fact, one of the antidotes I've been using quite a bit lately is trying to have people in their devotional time or in their quiet time after they've done read, been in the Word a little bit, just kind of bringing the Holy Spirit into that situation they're thinking about with their spouse or they're thinking about regarding their family where they seem to 
you know, trip up into these spaces of I'm just, I'm sharing in a way that's just too interrogative or I'm listening in a way where I'm just continuing to make false assumptions about my spouse's intention. I'm just stuck in it. Mm. So I can just blame my spouse or my sibling or my parent for their side of the street and how they handled it, which is what we're really good at doing. Or I can try to slow the game down with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what's going on in me there that's making me just fire out too quickly? What's going on in me, Lord, that's making me uh, assume the worst about my spouse or my parent in that moment? And so when I've had people start to incorporate that into their practices spiritually, it seems to help them be more proactive in the moment that afternoon because they've been on the driving range of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That makes sense. Just kind of rehearsing, not trying to practice to become perfect, Bill, but just trying to do, you know, the the James 1 stuff, the Proverbs 16.32 about, you know, slow to anger and um, ruleth our spirit. Um, and it's not about perfection. It's just about having that sense of grace in our home, grace in our friendships, grace in our close relationships. So uh, it seems to be a helpful first step for people because otherwise what we're left to typically is getting good devotional time in, doing our work lives, doing our, our school lives, bumping into really good conversations in general, then whoop, you know, have a kind of spin out as a couple or as a family. And then in that spin out, we just go to places that are really difficult and we don't resolve it. And we hang on and get emotional hangovers from that. And in my opinion, you know, Satan laughs all the way to the bank there. So Mm -hmm. how do we start incorporating that more in those real time sessions? And I think the best way we can do that is proactively be aware of that because in reaction mode, I know I don't do very well after being married 33 years. I still don't do great at reacting well in the moment if Laura and I are in a spin-out. Mm, right? Interesting. I you appreciate know, you sharing that. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I more assume, apt. I assume you, you were perfect. Yes, right. <laughs> That's why I give you a lot today to give. Uh, yeah, no, right? I mean, we're all broken in those spaces, mm-hmm. and that's why we need a Savior, right? Yeah, that's, but it does shine the light on the messiness of the human condition. Yes. And you put two sinners under one roof and there's going to be trouble, right? <laughs> right. And also, um, I can still trust that my spouse's intention, my spouse didn't wake up that day saying, you know, what I'd like to do is make life hard on my spouse. I look forward to that today. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't wake up this morning hoping to make life hard on my wife. Right? I didn't look forward to that. I wasn't premeditated in trying to do that. Mm-hmm. So the danger in me, so, so what I tell every client I see in myself every day, if I'm going to, or if they're going to have an assumption about something their sibling, their spouse did that's negative, all I'm going to ask them to do is get clarity from the other person first about what their intention was. Hey, here's what I found my, you know, yesterday when you left early at Memorial Day, you know, I've kind of took that personally and I was really hurt by the fact that you and your family left and you didn't say goodbye and, you know, you kind of seemed to leave and, you know, I'm, so I could hang on to that issue. One of my clients or whoever could hang on to that issue for a while and say, yeah, that, you know, that's what they did. They did it because... 
Um, they were upset. They didn't like something. They just took off. And I know it. Yep. I'm just going to hang on to that. Or not even mean to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to kind of sear that into my brain. And that that goes to their local, my local resentment bank uh, to, to draw later, <laughs> to draw from later. Versus, whoa, 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 what? Okay, I'm going there. I'm going to ask for clarity first. So that next, so last night I'd call, say, hey, you guys left early. What was up? I, you know, I kind of, here's where I, actually, here's where I went with it in my head. I can't, I, I kind of went there with it. I'm just letting you in on that and I love you guys. But here's where I went with it. Was that your intention? Mm. And boy, nine times out of 10, they're going to go, no, I mean, something came up with the kids or this happened or, you know, I didn't, God, it wasn't our intention. Uh, and then I'm going to ask that person who asked for the, the clarity, I'm going to ask them to choose to believe that person who said that hmm. versus, eh, I'm not buying that. Mm. No, I, I don't know if I'm buying that. So I think when we hold on to something, we're really vulnerable to build resentment against. And that's really good to do if we're with a sociopath. Yeah. What if, I mean, what if the 99 times previous to this, they said something and you know that you couldn't believe it. And now right. you're telling them, Mr. Counselor, to believe yeah. them. Right. And their they're eyes are rolling back on their head so like, far. This guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Right. You said yeah. it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, hey, you know, and so what's going on there is their hurt mind is saying, this counselor doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Their wise mind is like maybe hopeful, like, hey, you know, let me cut some slack because the truth is like, actually, I'm with a person now that didn't treat me like my old boyfriend did. <laughs> or I'm actually, you know, this friend of mine is different than my three other friends. You know, what's the truth about this situation? Mm-hmm. But if I've got a vulnerability to being hurt, if you will, by somebody leaving my parties early or whatever, if I have a vulnerability to something... I have to really ask for clarity because assuming the worst is, in my experience, a very self-protective move that generally leads us to trouble. Mm -hmm. But yet when we've been through a lot of trauma and we've been in a lot of unsafe situations before, we're trained to protect ourselves and to assume the worst because bad things have happened before. So what's the truth about the family that left at Memorial Day early? Mm-hmm. What's the truth? Yeah, that's that's that could be dicey, Todd. It can. Yeah. It ain't one size fits all. No. But well, I, how about if they come back with, what are you so paranoid about? We, we okay. took off. Okay, Why now, do you have to take everything so personally? Right. So now we have a pattern of communication where, well, I, you know, that wasn't handled well on the other person's side of the street. I get it. So I... I let out with something that I felt was fair, or whoever let out, and the other person, whoop, they took it in a place where I didn't intend. I get that, but you're not satisfied, and the other person's mad. Yes. Now what? So now you go, well, I'll just do the turtle move and never bring it up and just build my resentment bank. Perfect. Right. That is, <laughs> good that luck can, with that. That concludes our hour. <laughs> right? And that's really common, right? So yeah. we're not looking for perfection, but we're looking for mutual mercy and we're looking for reasonability in Jesus together. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're looking for, you know, the idea that we're for each other and we're for mutual vulnerability, mm-hmm. a little thing or a big thing. So spiritual maturity, when 
you don't have a lot of spiritual maturity and you get these exchanges that are not satisfying, not productive, don't you have to take that into account as well? I mean, the communication style might be explosive and defensive and everything else. And you, and a more spiritually mature person might say, oh, no, that wasn't my intention at all. Right. I, I'm sorry that you had that feeling. Exactly. Perfect. I, I don't mean to, I didn't mean to upset you, and I apologize if I did. Yeah, I'm just clarifying. I'm just, yeah. Just clarifying. And, uh, and then I don't have to rescue the person from where they went. Yeah. But I get to clarify it for myself. Yeah. And I, you know, because we have to know, like, there's a taller order there for us as Christ followers. Yeah. And this calming voice I use, I never use in real life. <laughs> I'm not buying that. I think, I think you're All pretty right. calm. All right. We're talking with Todd Mulliken and about how to move toward clarifying intentions versus making false assumptions. And apparently that's what he hears about every hour in his counseling studio. You can learn more about Todd at Todd Mulliken, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. Be right back. Forget your troubles and just get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Sing hallelujah. Come on, get happy. Welcome back to the show. Todd Mulliken is in studio. We're talking today about moving towards clarifying intentions versus making false assumptions. That's at the cornerstone of a lot of difficult uh, interactions with loved ones, work relationships, family relationships, significant others. Right, Todd? Absolutely. All around. Yeah. You said something brilliant during the break. Do you remember what it was? Mm-mm. That's too no, <laughs> I do. Um, I don't know that it was brilliant. Though, I thought it was. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you and I were just processing, well... Like you said so well, what if we as a, you know, healthy Christ follower lead out with, oh, gosh, didn't mean to offend you. Here's what my intention was. And what if they go to a place of like, I'm not buying that. And, mm-hmm. and they just kind of get dysregulated and, and say something really hurtful back. So what I said is I'd still like us in that moment for us to be defined by what our intention was versus being defined by what their reaction was. Because if we stay defined by who we are in Christ, as Colossians 3 1 says, you know, be, look there, like look heavenward for who we are and whose we are, then we're less defined by the most difficult person in our universe and still confident in the choices we're making. But I think we're really vulnerable to not do that when we start sliding into and giving power to the reaction of somebody else. And then also maybe receiving help from me, whoever, saying like, yeah, you better watch out. Don't spend any time with those people anymore ever. And look what they did to you to hurt you. And here's the 33 things wrong with that that family. Mm-hmm. Versus like, yeah, that was hurtful. Let's have a conversation. Well, let's just not join the estrangement club tomorrow afternoon and build a resentment bank about how I'm amazing and they're, and they're horrible. Right? Let me instead feel content in what I did and I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. Uh, and I'm also going to say to them how their response affected me. So I'm not going to just let it go, but I'm going to stay in there because I, I just think Christ would stay in there. He would have those people that are at his table. You know, so it's not about just taking a bunch of hits and being codependent and being um, vulnerable in a way that's hurtful. It's more about being content and powerful and whose you are in that moment just to like, and that's why I do think, I'm a big believer, especially these days, but I mean, I've been counseling since, you know, a long time and I have never had a year like I've had in 2021. Really? 
Never, ever. I mean, my, the, the volume of cases, the the volume of intense conversations about so many difficult topics and doing it poorly and people just being hurt and feeling attacked was a legion, okay? And uh, so I, I, I just think it's easy to be reeling and to feel kind of tired. And so I'm just inviting us into a spirit of like knowing, you know, whose we are, not to over-spiritualize that in a way that's sounding haughty, but just know we get to run <laughs> to God's arms to know like, hey, he understands our story. He understands other family's story. He understands people's stories. And mm-hmm. you and I aren't Jesus, but we're called to be perfect. The Heavenly Father is perfect, meaning like, so what I try to do is I want to see through that person mm-hmm. and not analyze them, but see through them as Christ would see through somebody and stay in it and set boundaries, but stay in it and just clarify what our intention was. And I'm not going to try to make as many false assumptions about somebody else and put on my Pharisee robe about how I'm amazing and they're a loser, right? Because look out when I do that. Yeah, that's trouble. That's trouble because then I'm a whitewashed tomb and I think I'm a big deal and, you know, that family's got 23 issues and I'm perfect. And boy, if I, you know, if we find ourselves saying stuff like that, again, I think we're much better off going, hey, on my side of the street, what can I be doing to bring olive branches to make peace, not to keep peace, but to make peace. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really wonderful when we do that. I mean, the way, I, you know, Bill, when you just talked about, like, how you would say that to that person, I just felt like, God, that was said so well. You know, that was that was freeing to say it the way you did it, the way you said, oh, God, it wasn't our intention. Here's what, mm. here's what we meant by that. Or, But then you said be defined by your intention, not defined by the response. Right. And I think if you're a people pleaser... <clears throat> Or a little codependent, you might have trouble with that. You would. You'll. You'll. You, you might even go as God. I did that wrong. It didn't go well. Yeah. Did I not pray enough? Did I not do the right spiritual practice? Versus, no. I. We get to be defined by what our intention was. Yeah. Romans twelve eighteen. Todd says, it, "If it is possible, as mm-hmm. far as it depends on you, yeah, live at peace, peace with, with everyone." everyone. Yeah. yeah. And that's not going to be the case. No. You know, and I, I think God knows that there's going to be boundaries that are going to be healthy, and you are going to love people, forgive them. But there will be times that it's going to be a need for a healthy boundary. Yeah, and here's what I'm trying to say, Todd. You said it perfectly. And here's what isn't working in our society, just in my, just one person's opinion, is like, okay, this person's that, this person's this, here's the three diagnoses of that person, and I'm just going to build my Fort Knox wall and just hang out with my holy huddle all the time because everybody else has got issues. Well, I agree with all. I do diagnosing, and I get it. And that person does have narcissistic traits. They do. But, you know, uh, Jesus would, that's what he'd be hanging out with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean we got to go uh, in a way that is uh, codependent and uh, expose ourselves to harassment and craziness all the time. But it means I want to be able to understand, like, I get why that person short circuits like that. And I'm going to let them in on what, where I'm at and how I was hurt by that. I'm going to just stay there and say what I need to say, but also listen to what they have to say and not take it on and not be a codependent pleaser about it, but just to stay there and God is for me and God is holding me and I'm going to say what's on my mind. And now if that doesn't 
you know, if if they keep coming back with stuff that's hurtful, then of course we go to boundary setting, and of course we, but we still leave that going like you know, I'm sad, you know, that they took it that way. It's mm-hmm. too bad. Todd, do you find people in your counseling office have said things to each other that are uh, irreparable damage, and they're saying that what 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 he said to me, what she said to me, I can I'll never get over. You know, when I tend to hear that, uh, I think we think of situations in our stories when people tend to say that it usually means, you know, that the person they're with has been doing something for a long period of time that is, you know, you know, having affairs, you know, doing, if you will, the worst of the worst, the things that just can really, you know, can cause irreparable damage. When it isn't that, then it usually means the person that's been hurt that bad was hurt a lot in their upbringing and don't got a whole lot of skin left emotionally. Mm. And so now when they get hurt now at age 33, it really hurts because their skin has become pretty thin because it was teared away for a long time. So how does that person who's 33 who really is hypersensitive to any disagreement, anybody that sees anything differently than they do, how do they kind of slowly reverse that and not be defined by their upbringing but learn from it and know that they are enough now to to just know that God is holding them and who they are today and to not give power to that past trauma but to give power to the current state of their own transformative life in Christ and how they are moving into spaces with confidence and contentment and vulnerable to be triggered by trauma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oops, yeah, there it is. Oh, you're, oh boy, there's that trigger. Oh my goodness. That really gets to me so quickly. And I get that and talk through that with my therapist and yeah, that's, that's still there and that's okay. God's holding me in that mm-hmm. versus giving power to that so that I'm going to now assume the worst in the spouse I'm with or the sibling I have because they've hurt me. So that's that's the work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I hope that answers your question. I, it does. Now, the fabric of our histories, that's always going to be, you know, what it is, right? So I'm, I'm, let's just say I'm afraid of heights as a, as a non-believer and I get saved. I'm still afraid of heights. You bet. Okay. I mean, yeah, so right. get over it, right? <laughs> you, right. I, 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 yeah. I mean... Probably not the best example. <laughs> it's not a good example. No, because but, you have a physiological issue probably there with, you know, it's, right. I yeah. Mean, pe- Maybe we can think of some emotional issue that would totally. be uh, the, the equivalent during Absolutely. the break, which we're going to take here in about 15 seconds. So We will think about that. Yeah. All right. We will think about that. And when we come back, we'll have a really killer illustration um, on that. So Todd Mullican is my guest. You can learn more about Todd at Todd Mullican, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. We'll be right back as we continue our discussion on how we move toward clarifying intentions versus making false assumptions. We'll be right back. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. 
for listening to the show. I love that you tune into Faith Radio, and I love that you tune into my show. So that means a lot to me. So look at Todd. I'm clarifying my intention. Right off the, I love. That. I'm not making false assumptions that, <laughs> about anybody. Ah, people no. listen; they like the show. I'm not going there. <laughs> oh, I'm look gonna, at you! Such I'm growth. Gonna, <laughs> since, since five o'clock, you mean? <laughs> right. I, oh, I do. It's Lord. important to clarify intentions mm, and say, it, you know, I compete for people's attention. There are a lot of things to listen to, mm, right? Absolutely, like three thousand new podcasts a month. A is that month. what it is? Yes. Do you have a new podcast yourself? No, I don't. No. I mean, but my show is podcasted every night after the show. Nice. And that gets passed around a lot. People listen. You know, you don't have to listen when it's on. You can get home at 6 o'clock, have dinner, go for a walk. That is nice. And put on the earbuds and listen to the afternoon show. Be good to go. Be good to go. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, never hurts to be appreciative and grateful and never hurts to clarify the intentions that I want to get behind this microphone every day and I want to be mm. clear in my thinking. I pray that I um, handle the word of God well and I'm a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm. I have to be obviously uh, a lover of my listeners, which I am and that comes naturally, but you also have to be a gatekeeper of what is being said on the air. Do. Sometimes I'll miss stuff. Uh, I guess we'll say something in a rapid fire way and I was looking at a text line or something, and I, I didn't hear it correctly. Yeah. And well, then all of a sudden, I'll hear from somebody to say, that 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 wasn't right. Mm. And then I thought, yeah, let me go back and listen to the... So that's an example of you taking something that somebody said and just saying, yeah, I'll take a look at that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love I, that posture. Oh, yeah. when I am called out, I welcome it. Right. I don't take it defensively you at all. don't take it on. Yeah. No. I mean... That's kind of what we were talking about before the break, where somebody leads out well, and you know, you lead well out at that party you were talking about, and and the person responds really hurtfully. So how do we handle that? So you brought up an example of well, what if somebody has had a history of that? So you talked about fear of you know the flying issue or whatever issue. So heights, heights, sorry, yeah. Yeah. So the, the idea now is, so let's say a person grew up with a parent that really was fairly expressive about what was wrong with the kid more often than not. Mm-hmm. You know, healthy discipline's fine, but would go into shaming and really disregarding the child. And so the child tended to hear a lot of anger that was interrogative and hurtful. So now that child becomes a big person. They're in marriage, and they've married somebody who isn't like that, but they're a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when, so now that when they're a little bit like that, it feels exactly like the first 18 years because the body is responding as a recent book says, the body keeps score. So mm-hmm. we have a score that we've kept. So what we get to do in that situation and realize, no, I'm actually not with, in this case, my father, I'm with a man who does love me. But the truth is he's upset about some issue and I'm upset about some issue and we're trying to have a conversation that's healthier than how I grew up. And I'm for that. And I'm going to start slowly each day being defined by who I am today in that and less defined by kind of overanalyzing my spouse's specific tone because I'm really vulnerable to it. I'm going to let him or her in about how tone matters to me, but I'm going to make sure I'm not making a false assumption about what their intention is. Their intention isn't to hurt me there. Their intention is they communicated something they were frustrated with. 
and they did fairly okay with it. They weren't great, but they certainly weren't like the dad was. Now, mm-hmm. somebody could say, well, that's still abusive or whatever. And I'm saying, if anything feels interrogative, especially um, the, the sense of interrogation, it, that that does feel like abuse, and it, it probably is, right? But what I'm saying is sometimes when it isn't that, it's just two people having a conversation where both people are hurt and angry. We are in this together and we're for each other. So what I think, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Bill, if you're okay with it, is, you know, how do we get to the other side of that conversation? Like, so most people aren't amazing at that volley when they reach out to the family that left early at Memorial Day and let's say it didn't go well. But ideally what we're doing is we're having dinner with them, you know, a week from Saturday, and now that couple and that family, you know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get the couple together and say, hey, sorry about that, and we're going to close the loop. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back and have mutual mercy like we do with our spouse tonight, like we do with our friend tonight, like we do with our family member. We're going to come back and say, hey, that was a tough moment. Here's what I was going through. How about you? Uh, and I'm for you, and I'm sorry for my part in that. And we're going to close the loop so we develop more of a secure attachment style. And then the couples and families I work with, Bill, I want their highlight reel to be more defined by how they close the loop than what they said in their very worst moment. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to be defined by my very worst moments the last 61 years. Mm-hmm. I want to be defined. I want to learn from those, but I want to be more defined um, by these moments of restoration, by these moments of healing, by these moments of realizing we are Christ followers and we're for each other and we get to come towards each other and heal that up. You know, God is, you know, wants us to find by the healing, not the hurt. And I think it's easy to be defined by the hurt. And that's when we're vulnerable to make false assumptions. That's when we're vulnerable to not clarify intentions because we're just too hurt. Mm. Let's go back to the Memorial Day early departure. You could probably spend all week making false assumptions about why they left early. Yeah. And you can be putting a lot of emotional energy into something that is a ginormous waste of time. Yeah, the what-if house is pretty big. It's it's big. Yeah. Fully furnished. <laughs> Right. And so I think it's good to just say when I'm going there, like one of the, when I teach on anxiety strategies, one of the things I say is like, when you were in that what if house, say, look at your watch and say, boy, I've been in that house an hour, you know, <laughs> and now mm-hmm. I need to at least go to the what is house about what is true about my awareness of that family, the awareness of those people, what I'm for with those people, how would Christ want me to see those people and that's, this is what's actually true. I'm hurt by what happened. And so from a hurt mindset, that's when you've heard me say we really protect ourselves, sometimes to an extreme that's not helpful. Again, a good idea to protect ourselves if we are in an abusive situation, if we are in a situation where our spouse is cheating, you know, if we are in those kinds of horrific situations, you got to protect yourself, set boundaries, get help. Okay. For the 90% of people that aren't in that, but are in the squishy stuff of life, a two-year marriage, a 50-year marriage with good days and bad days, uh, we need to be more defined by coming towards each other as a couple, coming towards each other as a family, and owning our part in the very worst moment that happened after Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. How do I own my part? Like, yeah, I, I, I actually was thinking these things, and... And that family member hopefully would say, yeah, I get why you went there, and this was our intention, and 
are bad. I'm sorry we kind of flew off the handle in the moment. It got the best of me. And so you can either say, hey, I better watch out. I got to really watch out for that people. Or I can go like, hey, we both spun out, but God's still on the throne and God still wants us to come toward versus keep score. So how am I doing as a Christ follower to come toward versus keeping score? Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is going to connect the dots, but I've been having these thoughts the last couple of days about do people feel appreciated? Do you feel appreciated? And then do you find yourself expressing appreciation Mm. uh, and being grateful? But if you are going through life and you don't feel appreciated in your significant relationships, right? Yeah. There might be a a thinner skin and you could react in ways that Mm -hmm. might feel coming out of left field where that come from. Well, maybe as I don't feel appreciated and, and this just angers me. I almost feel like asking listeners if you would be so bold and vulnerable in your relationships, do you feel appreciated or unappreciated. You have to just text one word or the other. Uh, obviously, I'm not connecting names to the words, yeah. uh, but I'm just wondering if we would get a response. And do people feel appreciated? Because, you know, the cheapest thing to do is to offer appreciation to somebody. It costs nothing. nothing. You know, one thing that comes up in my office a lot, Bill, is I have people come in and say, you know, you know, when we go to somebody's place, they never ask me about me. You know, I'm not needy, but I really am intentional as a Christ follower to ask others about their story. I want to know about them. I want to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't come back, it's not like, I'm, I'm not like I'm keeping score, but I, I do kind of feel in that moment kind of unappreciated. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I didn't do it to get appreciation. I didn't do it for external affirmation. I did it because... God calls me to be empathetic and to be a Christ follower towards others and for being other with other people well, right? And doing all the things Colossians three twelve through 17 says about rules for holy living. I'm for them living that out there. So I think you're hitting on something that's really valuable and important. Well, it's appreciation is um, even with what's gone on in the world the last couple of years. I mean, we've had to support each other in ways in, mm. in, you know, through the pandemic, we've had to be extra considerate of everybody in every circumstance. And I, I, I just think people's, they're, like you say, Todd, their, their skin wears a little thin. Yeah. And if we are not being appreciative in our relationships, then I just think the, the fuse is shorter and you're going to end up not being as kind in the exchanges. This is just a theory oh. I had, so I don't know if it has any... Uh, it has a lot of traction for what it's worth. It has a lot of traction in the field of psychology, and I'm a Christ follower. And I think it, in our field, we talk a lot about empathy, gratitude, and forgiveness, and so does Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when we're for those things, those are what, what we call pro-social behaviors. Those are things that make a difference in our home, in our society, in our world. Mm-hmm. And Christ followers need to lead the charge in that. So... We're going we're gonna to operate a little empty sometimes, but we want to make sure we're the people that are sharing appreciation. You know, you've heard me talk about this five-to-one idea, Bill, with couples and families sharing five affirmations for everyone criticism. Because mm-hmm. usually we don't have conversations with our spouse unless there's something wrong. You know, we don't have a big talk unless there's something wrong, which is good. Let's talk about what's wrong, what needs mm-hmm. to be fixed for sure. 
But can we also just talk about the three things we appreciate about each other mm-hmm. and the things that we're for with each other? Um, and we need that. You're right. Because usually what we're hearing now is like, oh, you think this about that issue? That also means you are this person. That's all I'm hearing these days. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a lot of what you hear? Yeah. Oh, you view that situation this way, then that means all these other things about you are wrong and bad. And people making assumptions about people all the time. Yeah. The assumption train, that's a, that's a busy vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. But I think it's because we're all hurting. You know, you hear... Here's what that, those people are doing. Here's what those people are doing. A lot of us, them, we, they. So as Christ followers, let's be the people that are leading out with appreciation on what we're for with others. Mm-hmm. I am curious if any of you listening would be willing to text, are, are you a person that feels appreciated in life or do you not feel appreciated? So if you would, I, you know, we'll probably get half a dozen responses or so, but I'd love to see what the direction is, what the trend is. If you feel appreciated, text the word appreciated to 877-933-2484. Or if you feel like there's a lot of your life where you're feeling unappreciated, I'd love to hear that as well. Text the word unappreciated to 877-933-2484. We'll have the results in 15 minutes. Be right back with Todd Mulligan. show. Happy Tuesday, even though it feels like Monday. I'm with Todd Mulliken. He's at toddmulliken.com, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. Hey, Todd, question came in. Here uh, is, what if someone apologizes in a way that criticizes themselves, like, I'm sorry, I'm such a failure? How should we respond? Mm. Well, again, I would offer that we're being defined by our intention towards them, not their response. So we can I mean, you have to kind of say, what's my relationship with this person? Do they have, have they said that four times the last four days? Or have they never said that before? If they've never said that before, you can share, hey, you know, thanks for your apology. I appreciate that. I personally don't think you're a failure. I think you're wonderful or whatever you think, you know, be honest. But, you know, be affirming of who they are. Uh, so, yeah, there there could be something to unpack about that. Now, if they said it in a real snarky, sarcastic way, you could appreciate the apology. It felt like you were sarcastic, but just clarify for me, you know, what what's going on. But thanks for the apology, you know, so we can get some clarity there. It really depends. Uh, you know, each situation kind of depends on the depth of relationship you have with that person. Mm-hmm. That's so, a great question. Because sometimes people say, I don't. Uh, you know, my spouse apologized, but, you know, she or he keeps doing the same thing or they apologize. You know, so it isn't just about the apology. It is about the behavior, but there is something about a mutual confession towards each other that does matter. I think. Mm-hmm. Is the, is the, I'm sorry, is such a failure? Is that <clears throat> the black and white approach? Let's just get this over with. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Fine. I'm a failure. It, it could be. Especially yeah. They have a pattern for that. And again, most people, you know, and we have no idea again, Christ sees through that person. Is that person's story where they never were apologized with and there was a lot of sarcasm in the home and nobody ever apologized for every anything, so now it's their first time and they feel horrible? I mean, we don't know. Mm-hmm. 
what's the truth about their story, but we're certainly going to still be defined by the fact that we brought it up and there was an apology and we'll receive that. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple of responses. Uh, here's an appreciated. Here is unappreciated at home, appreciated at work. Mm. Here's unappreciated. Here's appreciated by my spouse, unappreciated by my adult children. Wow. Here is appreciated. Here is overall appreciated, occasionally possibly selfishly unappreciated. I do my best in those times to remember God's love for me, and I'm working on verbalizing how I feel to my spouse. Mm, Great answers. Well, how about the ones that said about the adult children? That's hard. You know, when um, I think it is tough to be, I work with a lot of parents that have adult children. I'm in that space myself, and we always have to remember kind of the ages that our adult children are. Um, so I want to validate what that person's feeling like that can be a thing mm-hmm. where you kind of feel a little bit like they're, because I know what's very common for kids in their 20s and 30s is they're, they're going into the age of, of, of memory. So actually the mid 30s is the age of reminiscence is very common in somebody's own kind of journey. Mm-hmm. So when you have kids that are in their 20s and 30s, sometimes they're going through stuff from their childhood and if their own space, if they're not in a good spot themselves, it's really easy to remember kind of the most difficult moments. So it isn't unusual for a parent to be having an adult child or two that's really they're struggling with. So I really want to validate that person where they're coming from mm-hmm. and just know that God's holding them in that and to be a good listener and own your part. And then eventually the spotlight will go on the adult child and saying, you know, have they, are they acknowledging their part or are they coming towards you too? Mm-hmm. Here's a question, Todd, for those who weren't affirmed growing up and who don't have affirming words as their love language. It is, in fact, almost impossible for them to affirm someone. It costs them something emotionally. I finally understand this about my husband. The lack of affirmation is not easy, but I understand he is not able to do this. He does not know God. I actually think that's a really healthy perspective on it. I think that's an acceptance. You know, you've heard me talk about how do we accept our differences? How do we accept some things? This person, she knows the truth of her husband's story, right? And maybe the truth is there's other things, other love languages he can do that are more common for him. But uh, people that weren't affirmed, usually their capacity to affirm is very limited. And if they don't have faith where they aren't loved by God and receiving God's affirmation and God's acceptance and God's approval every day, you know, what she's saying is so spot on and a very common issue out there. So for her to have some acceptance about that and some grief in that is powerful. Mm-hmm. Got a nice comment. Uh, I want you guys to know I appreciate you too. Oh, not nice? How sweet. Yeah. yeah. Greatest job in the world I have. That you do have a good job. I do. Yeah. Um, Okay. Appreciated by those who matter most, like mature followers of Jesus, and of course, my grandchildren. (laughs) That's so good. Isn't that great? Yeah. How about that role, being a grandparent versus a a parent of an adult child? Mm -hmm. Grandparents usually like little kiddos, just love them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here's one often appreciated, sometimes not, but more concerned with learning how to show appreciation better. Oh, isn't that gold? Golden. That is gold. Wow. Mm-hmm. I want to put a patent on that. Can we? Trademark. Yeah, I'd, be out of trademark. Biz- I'd be out of business. That's my that goal. That's happening. Love that. That's my goal. Oh. Put you out of business. 
I didn't know where you're going with my goal. The goal again. God, well, you good to hear. Listen careful, Todd. You got to listen to me. No, oh, you're you're the best. But um, it, isn't it isn't it an mm. admirable goal to to wake up yeah. and say, I want to show appreciation better. Oh. When when does someone show appreciation that you go, I didn't feel good, right? Well, almost like almost never. I think. Isn't there something powerful when you see somebody else light up because they know? They felt valued. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a beautiful it's thing. That's how God flattery. is. It's affirmation, right? It's affirmation. Yeah. You know, there was another one, Bill, that was said there that they felt appreciated at work but not at home. Mm-hmm. That's a really good call out. So how are you and I saving our best for home? Because usually we save our best for everywhere else and give our leftovers at home. Mm-hmm. So I just want to call that out. I think that was really well said. and. Um, just encourage us to take the very best of who we are in Jesus and and save it for our homes and certainly, of course, in our workplaces and everything else. But try to make home that place where we are giving our best to each other in Christ. Mm-hmm. What about when you're not feeling appreciated by adult children? I know that got mentioned. Uh, yeah. We touched I, on that, but I think that's kind of an important one. Two things to say, and I hope this makes sense. One is I always tell parents that I see, remember... When you were your adult child's age and what you needed the most from your parents at that point, that seems to help. Does that make sense? Mm, like, it does make a lot of sense. Like when I'm 28 and I'm, let's say I'm having a couple of kids and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not really thinking about my parents that much. You know what I mean? Not because I don't honor them and I'm not for them, but I'm just got, my life is full and I'm just not thinking about them as mm-hmm. much. And not because I'm against them. So I'm not saying that's what's happening in that particular person's case, but I think I just want to say that's a, that's a thing I see all the time. So sometimes the kiddos in their 20s are, are deconstructing stuff in their life, emotionally, spiritually, everything else, and they're busy, and they just can unintentionally sometimes take their parents for granted. Not because they're waking up hoping to take their parents for granted, but their lives are full of other things. And... You know, so I that helps me as a 61 year old realize, like, hey, with my kids 32, 30, and 29, I know they're for us and love us. Um, but for some reason, I haven't heard that lately or whatever. I I know that their their lives are full. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to validate what that person's saying and also kind of give some perspective on what I've seen with that. So, Todd, if we can try to connect a couple of dots here, getting back to our original topic, and that is how to move toward clarifying intentions versus making false assumptions when we add in this appreciation mix. And if you're feeling appreciated, loved, cared for, affirmed, it seems to me that when you take this to the relationship, this help me clarify intentions versus making false assumptions, you're going to have a much better go at it. You know, those things will be quieter because I of the affirmation. I think so. Yeah the, yeah, the hurt mindset will be quieted by the love and the affirmation. If I make a false assumption, but I just heard three appreciative words, I go, oh, yeah, that's, that one's kind of on me. Whoop, I'm going somewhere that probably isn't true, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or I'll have more energy around clarifying my intention because, golly, I, I recognize their appreciation and... I see that in them, and they're doing that towards me. I see that, so yeah, let me. So you you find, it's a lot of what I find in my practice when we are doing what Paul said in Philippians 4, you know, 6 through 10, they're really like, think about what's true, noble of excellence of praise, think on these things and put them into practice, and God of peace will be with you. It's really, that stuff gets louder, and then the pain and the hurt gets quieter, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. uh, And an observation, just uh, 
driving over here today, thinking when you're in community prayer with other believers, you're in fellowship and you're going to prayer and you're having prayer and fellowship, it always seems people start with uh, a, a sense of gratitude. Lord, thank you for, they always start with that. So they're showing this immense appreciation spiritually. Yeah. So we're, that's in our DNA. If, if we're followers of Christ to be giving thanks and being appreciative for what God's done through his son Christ on the cross. So it seems that for believers, we should take those appreciation skills and use them all the time. Well said. Man. Love that. All right, Todd, you go. Good thanks, to see you. Thanks for being with me today. Absolutely. It's been great having you. And that is our show for the day. I want to thank all of my guests, Dr. Greg Borgon in Hour One and Douglas Blair from the Daily Signal. You can go learn about him at dailysignal.com. I also want to thank all of you for uh, being with me today and whatever needs or concerns you have. I'd also ask you to pray for uh, little Kennedy who needs some prayer tonight. And also that whatever you have as far as prayer requests, you can always text them over to us. We're happy to pray for you. 877-933-2484. You don't have to be alone. Don't feel like you're going through this by yourself. We really do love you here at Faith Radio, and we want to be a part of your journey, whatever it is. So have a great night, everyone, as you lay your head on the pillow. God loves you. I do, too. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.